here on Off Topic with uh, Danny McDermott, and he is a comedian, writer, actor, producer, director. Um, kind of hitting all the all the tabs here for for entertainment. Um, <laughs> so you started out in the '90s, uh, right after college, right? Uh no, not really. Actually, I started okay. before that. Now that I think, I I started in acting i think in 1989 mm. i shouldn't have told the year but <laughs> i don't want anybody <laughs> to know my age um no i started i started um acting in college um and i got the i just started i was just getting my engineering degree and i just uh, auditioned for a play and i got the lead and then i just got the lead in almost every play that i that i you know, did there unless I wasn't like the not raising in the sun, obviously. <laughs> I can't get the lead in that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Might I played I, I played the yeah, angry yeah. white guy who kicked him out. There you go. <laughs> uh so yeah, I started then and uh I I actually did my first stand up routine. It was uh some kind of a talent contest or something. Mm. And um I was actually had a had a good set. I was surprised mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I mean, if you haven't been doing comedy, you're not going to be good the first time. But I, <laughs> I, I got I got laughs. So I, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the next time I did it, it was miserable. <laughs> it was it was I was like, this is easy. Then I get in front yeah, of a yeah. small crowd in a black box theater and it was horrendous. Um, took was me many just... years. Like it just a like a kind of just a bomb and like you had the confidence from the first show going into it exactly and then you were like, then you were like I got this I can do this Nothing. right and right tell your jokes and it's just like the crickets Everybody's yeah pretty just staring much at you yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, I try to play it off I'm like I, I try to play it off but you know I'm like help me like that I thought <laughs> I thought they were gonna laugh but they all went ooh you know yeah. they, they all winced. Yeah, I was actually uh, talking with my guest that I had on last week about comedy, and I was saying how uh, I comedy, like stand-up comedy, is so cutthroat and uh, like vicious sometimes because, like, even just starting out as a musician, like even if you're not good, like you at least get like the, oh, that was great, like nice job, right? Here's right. some tips, you know, like it, it's the you get the like fake encouragement or the fake like, oh, that sounded good nice right 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 but with like comedy like you don't get those like uh sympathetic laughs really it's very like like if you no, don't they just somebody laugh they <laughs> just they just stare at you and, and and they feel your pain too so they feel uncomfortable yeah they're like, they, they almost it's almost like they feel like they're bombing right. they're, like, ah, ah. they're like was that funny should i have been laughing <laughs> you're right it's it's no it's 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 not good it's not good when you bomb. I mean, it, you get to a point, though, when you've done it enough times, you don't care. And that's when it that's when it's OK. Yeah, because the audience, as long as you're not freaking out, as long as you're not squirming, you're like, yeah, mm -hmm. that, that yeah. didn't work. So right. what? As it's long like as you're OK. Test, yeah, they're OK. Yeah. It's like you throw out the joke and if it doesn't stick, you're like, no, got to figure that one out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been doing it so many years now. I mean, it's. It's very rare that I bomb. And to be honest with you, when when you get to a point where 
you've been headlining for a number of years. Um, most of the reason you bomb is not your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually the producer's fault because, uh, like, um, I did a show in a winery mm-hmm. and he asked me to set up this show with all these very wealthy people. And it was, everybody was walking around and drinking and talking. There was nobody mm-hmm. seated and no, we're just up there and nobody's listening to us right. at all. <laughs> you know, it was just like, it was, it, it was like we were the background jukebox. Yeah, or something. That's really strange for like comedians to be asked to be background noise. Cause that's not, that's not no. their, like, that's not the entertainment. Like that's right. That's for like a DJ or like a band or something to be like, just kind of quietly playing in the background and stuff. That's weird for comedians to be the background noise. You have to, as a producer, you have to set up a comedy show way different than any other show. Right. You have to have people seated. You have to have all the light on the comics, not on the audience. Mm-hmm. It makes it, if they're in the dark, they, they laugh more. You ha- they have to be packed together because the closer they are together, the harder they're going to laugh, mm-hmm. which is why COVID is sucking right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So you were, so you also have like produced like stand up comedy in like New York City and stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had four or five rooms running at once. Um, I was doing eight shows a week. I was giving away 30 s- spots to comedians a week. Wow. And uh, I was doing, I was headlining most of the shows. Oh, wow. That's how I got my stage time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now you must have come in contact with like a lot of like people during that time because that was probably what like the late nineties, early two thousands. I met a lot of people before they be- became super famous. I used to book Bill Burr. Oh. Uh, Bill Burr's still a friend. Um, mm-hmm. I used to book Jim Gaffigan before he was <laughs> famous. I used to book uh, Lisa Lampanelli before she was famous. Mm-hmm. Mark Marin, although Mark Mark had been on uh, Conan O'Brien and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't super famous yet. Um, who else? God, I could Todd Barry. <laughs> I mean, Patrice O'Neill, Greg Giraldo, both of them deceased now, but they were mm-hmm. both great guys. Um, Ellen Cleghorn, Sarah Silverman. Um, uh, I mean, it just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what, um, where did you, why did you decide to stop like doing that? Was it to pursue your own things or was it? Well, I, I, I stopped for a while, but then I, I was, I was, when I was in LA for the last seven years, I've, I've mm-hmm. been for the last three, I was producing shows again. Okay. So I was still doing it, but um, oh, what are the major differences between like doing shows in like LA and doing shows in like New York city? Like is, is there a big difference in the way people like want to watch versus like the two different places? Well, LA is more storytelling mm. uh they like stories you know that's that's what the town is about mm-hmm. um new york you better be funny <laughs> <laughs> you gotta boom 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 keep hitting yeah, them. yeah. um it's a it's a different it's a different animal if you really want to learn to do stand-up near there is no better place than new york city mm. because there's so many comedy clubs and so many comedy rooms. I was one of the first people to do that uh, back in the 90s uh, to run my own rooms. Yeah. Um, wow. In fact, uh, the comedy club selling tickets on the street 
is a direct result of my comedy room. They never used to do that. Uh, <laughs> what, hap what happened was I, I was passing out flyers to get people to get people into my shows up on 107 in Broadway. And um, I would get two comedians or three comedians to do it with me who needed stage time. And, you know, they needed to grow as comics. And we'd all be out there passing out flyers for two hours. Then I'd still pass flyers out. I'd, I'd probably be out there for three or four hours. And mm -hmm. then an hour into the show, I'd still be passing out flyers right in front. Well, um, yeah dragging people in but um and what happened was a guy that i trained to do that job for me to run the flat pa passing out of the flyers uh the ha comedy club uh downtown it was a relatively new club they they while i was gone they stole that guy from me and he mm. started they started passing out flyers in times square all of a sudden they're doing six shows a night jeez yeah and um they became so successful that the other comedy clubs started doing it. Mm. And, but I gotta, I gotta say there is one other person who was passing out flyers before me, but, uh, it wasn't, they weren't driven to, to get people in like I was. Yeah. Uh, and like the people I pushed, uh, but it was Gladys, uh, Gladys's little comedy room there in mm. Times Square. Yeah. But, Cause now those, uh, like that flyer thing, I, I actually just watched a show, uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, uh, but it's it's Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes, yeah, yeah, and uh, Pete, that's Pete, like the first thing <laughs> he has to do as a comedian. Pete Holmes and, used to pass out flyers for me. <laughs> I can't, to be honest with you, I'm 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 really surprised. I mean, maybe I pissed him off because I was pretty, I, I was serious about getting people in the room. Yeah, but I'm, I, I, you know, I think I got his number somewhere, but I, yeah, he hasn't offered to put me on the show or anything. <laughs> I heard someone said that there was a character based on me, like they took me, but they made me a real asshole. Uh, <laughs> I know the character if, they're, if that's the character they're talking about. <laughs> someone suggested yeah. he, I was partially, I was part, partially the, the the genesis of that character. Mm. But I, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Pete, might have taken that as like a opportunity to like just like make this whole new character. He was like, oh. Danny used to tell me to do that. How do I, how do I make that be like, yeah, something yeah. awful, you know, like, yeah, Pete, if you're listening to this, you owe me a spot <laughs> on your show. Yeah, I know. And what's funny too, is like, I, I remember watching like uh, his like sketches on like YouTube and all that stuff, like his Batman stuff. And yeah, my friends used to laugh at that. So I started watching the show and I, I didn't even realize like that, like handing out those flyers was such like an integral part of like getting people to the show. Yeah. Yeah, man. You, you, people need to be herded. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. They yeah. don't, you know, especially in today's world, I'm just adjusting my computer here. Yeah. In today's world, uh, there's so much competition. There's so much marketing. Um, the grassroots thing is really the best way to do it. Um, yeah. I, I do it. It's just, I do a similar technique with, with uh, texting people to get them to come to shows. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you, you got it. You, you can't just be a background picture or poster, you know, right. you, that doesn't get any in Facebook events. Forget it. That doesn't work. Yeah. Those it's, it's, it's very hit or miss. Cause even as like, uh, um, like even doing like band, like when I have a gig or something and trying to get um, people to like go the best, the best way is to just text them, call them, like, 
keep reminding them like it's very much you have to like it's very like active it's almost more work to get people to the show than yep. it is like standing up there and actually doing the show because that's kind of just like you have your songs and you're like you know what you're doing but uh, the marketing is yeah. that's like the actual like leg work of getting people there <laughs> i tell people i say call them a month ahead, uh, text them a month ahead of time make mm-hmm. sure when they say they're gonna do it then text them two weeks before hey i just wanted to remind you the show's in two weeks mm-hmm. then the week of text them again say hey the show's this week i just uh, need a i need a head count how many people are you bringing and then it if they don't answer, then two days, you always got to check two days before the show mm-hmm. and say, I really need that head count because that gets them motivated to do it. Yeah. Then on the day of you say, Hey, just wanted to make sure everybody's ready to go tonight. Yeah. I'll see you guys soon. And it's the only way it's yeah. the only way if you, if you just do it once and they say, yes, they're never going to show up. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Like, Hey, I have a show next Friday do you want to come they're like oh yeah that'd be fun and then you if you don't follow up it's like it's hit or miss whether they're even gonna like walk in you know yeah yeah it's tough yeah (laughs) and it's there's a big difference between la and new york too Mm -hmm. um like new york you set an appointment for next month boom you both show up Mm -hmm. in la you set the appointment then you then then you call them two weeks before then you call them a week before (laughs) then you call them the day of then you call them an hour, an hour before. And then when you show up, they're late because of a car incident or, <laughs> or something. Oh, that crazy L.A. traffic, man. Uh, it's or they or they don't show up and say, oh, I, I forgot. I called you an yeah. hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, something came up, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I was shocked because I set an appointment with a guy once mm-hmm. uh, for a meeting about my movie or something. And, and I show up. And he's not there. And I, I, I text him. I go, we're supposed to be meeting today. Where are you? He goes, oh, well, you didn't confirm. I'm like, what do you, we set an appointment. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. What is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand you people. You know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Anyway. People are very uh, dicey with those kind of things. Like it's, cause it's so easy now too to just like, since everybody's texting and stuff and it's all over like email and stuff where, if you just text somebody and say like, Oh, would you like, is this good for you? Or is that good for me? Kind of thing. Like there's too many modes of conversation. Yeah. Too many. It's not just a phone call and like confirm it with the receptionist or confirm it with the person. It's like, like it's, you don't make that phone call and you don't have that conversation. It gets like, it's like, Oh, I told you, no, no, no. I told you I had something to do. Right. What you, you texted me. No, well, you, you sent me a message on Instagram? No, Facebook, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get a million Facebook uh, messages. Yeah. Half of them are memes. Yeah. How do you expect <laughs> me to keep up, you know? Yeah, it's, it, that's why I'm, I'm – it's very tough to, like, make sure that people get that. And that's why, like, even booking, like, gigs and stuff, it's, like, you either call the place, you walk in – you email like something that like you can have like a paper trail of it kind of thing. So you can make sure that everybody understands what the actual like agreement is. I just, I just put on glasses to make you feel more comfortable. (laughs) I like your glasses. They're very blue. Aren't they cool? Yeah. Dollar store. Dollar store. No, 
Yep. I, I get all my reading glasses at the dollar store. Gotcha. Yeah. I wish, yep. uh, I wish I was just on the reading glasses. I'm like, I'm on that legally blind Are you? list. Yeah. I've got a, it's on my driver's license that if I am not wearing glasses or contacts, I can get arrested and get fined and stuff. Wow. <laughs> Cause it's like, it's actually unsafe for me to drive without like being able to see, but it's a lot <laughs> easier to date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you don't look very. Oh, you look all right. Yeah, <laughs> I could date you. Yeah, just like, just not just not like this. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This I could date. This, no way. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's like a shallow hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So uh, you notice, by the way, did you notice when people wear the masks? You, I can fall in love with a girl's eyes, but then to see the rest of her face and go, ah. Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, it's very misleading. Isn't yeah. it crazy though? <laughs> it's really crazy. You know, you look at people's eyes and like, she's got beautiful eyes. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure they're, they're on the same page with that too. Cause it's, uh, I'm sure girls are looking at guys and going, Oh, he's really nice eyes too. And they right. pull down the mask and they're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. I sh- well, I, I can't talk from their perspective. That's the only reason I said. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's and it's funny, too, because uh, uh, we're we were talking about like booking and all that stuff. And I thought it was like kind of like a funny story about how we met and uh, how like it was just very coincidental. Uh, how, we, how did we how, how exactly did we meet again? Remind me. It was it was. uh it was in Schenectady, yeah, and at my cousin's place, doing a little plug, J Street Pub in Schenectady. Um, oh, that's your cousin's place? Yeah, it's my cousin's place. Yeah. <laughs> How are they doing now? Are they still getting? Are they still getting people in? Yeah, he's doing his best. They, uh, um, like with Cuomo making the uh, time limit, like the whatever it's called, ten o'clock. Um, yeah, curfew. it's ten o'clock curfew. Yeah, so that that kind of like is really bad for him just because he gets most of his business after that time yep um so that kind of that kind of made him get pretty creative with how he's getting people there and stuff so um he had like a a brunch he's got day. him by gunpoint he's like get in yeah, there right get in there! <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's basically like he's like go he, drink yeah <laughs> go drink yeah <laughs> I know. And it's tough too. Cause he doesn't, he didn't have a kitchen. So he had to like get like a hot dog, like rotisserie thing and like to be able to serve food. And um, uh-huh. so he's had to get really creative in the last uh, like five or six months. Um, but he, cause he was doing really well before it. So it, it, it's, it kind of hits those businesses really hard because like a business, like a bar is a business. Like so were you the ba- were you, you to, were you yeah. the band there that night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I met you. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, and what's funny too is, uh, you you sat at a table with my girlfriend and one of her friends, um, because you you said you couldn't really like hear well and see like the band from the back, and you were um you were with your friend I believe, um Steve. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so you guys sat down, and I got nervous because there was an incident not an incident. I shouldn't even call it an incident, but there was uh, like probably a few months before that uh, we played there and some guy was like having his friend, like ask my girlfriend out uh, at the show. 
so my first like my first instinct i was like oh here we go again yep. and then uh yep. so but she she is like she's very capable of handling her own like herself like it was like oh i know i know she just, kicked me in the nuts yeah no. <laughs> i'm kidding but so i just walked over and i like talked to her really quick and she was like oh no these guys are really cool like one of like one of them is a like a comedian he was like like just talking to us and stuff and she was like you got you should talk to him since you're like into comedy and all that stuff and uh so like after the show I sat down and we just like we're talking for probably a good solid hour and a half um and then my girlfriend like nudged me and she was like you should have him on your show you should ask him to get on your show. <laughs> and uh at that point it was I only had booked two people um and they were both my friends so right <laughs> I right. was like it was still like that like I was like nervous about it but I'm glad that I did because I've been like watching uh your live streams and stuff with uh Kevin Fitzgerald right yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and I've been enjoying watching uh some of those and the Danny uh, McDermott show you can find it on Facebook or yeah. YouTube yeah yeah definitely go and follow and like the videos and have a watch they're they're pretty funny i like i like watching them because it's just you guys like being you guys with uh some guests and um it's it's a good time so i'm glad i'm glad we got to i mustered a little bit of courage to step out of that comfort zone of i gotta you, you to made people. me you're making me think of a story yeah uh, <laughs> I, I was hanging out with joe joe rogan one night mm-hmm and we're sitting at a table and we're talking about his podcast. He's like, yeah, I got, I got so many podcasts now. I, 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 it's so much money. I can't turn them down. <laughs> so he's making all this money and we're sitting there and he, and he stops and he's, he leans in and he goes, Danny, is there, is there a guy in back of me standing, looking really weird? Like he wants to talk to me. And I look back and I go, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a guy just sitting there. He's like, <laughs> swear to god he was wringing yeah. his hands i mean he was freaking out he, he was he, he was so nervous he goes oh god he's gonna come up and talk to me <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough the guy the guy knew we were talking about him at that point he goes yeah. i gotta go now i gotta go now yeah. show <laughs> and uh it, 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 it was it was fine joe was funny yeah. it. It, it was yeah. it was just it was it, it i can see where celebrities get creeped out sometimes though for sure I mean, it, yeah. it was kind of creepy yeah. It was kind of like he was looking through the window of the girl's locker room. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's just like with all that lust in his eyes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, and it's tough too, because I feel like it, I, I always like try to pretend like I wouldn't be that person if I saw like, no, look at, look at it's, the, but it's, the, it's that reaction. It's just, but the key is as long as you just say, Hey, what's up? Yeah. That's it. Just treat him like a person. Yeah. Hey, love the show, man. Like, Good to, yeah, like, just, good just to see it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's simple. I mean, I don't know. It's easier for me because I'm a comic and they, you know, they know I'm a comedian already yeah, or they yeah. suspect it just by, you know, you can tell to talk, talk to me for two seconds that I'm a comedian when I'm in a comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just my personality. So um, it's so easy for me to meet celebrities that I don't know. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I know, I know how to treat them because I have yeah, friends yeah. who are celebrities. So you just, you just, treat him like a person don't you know yeah, what i mean yeah. yeah and that's 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 don't, wa- don't that's walk up and do that yeah yeah don't walk up and go i like your hair yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the the wide eyes like you see you see the white all around the people right right <laughs> yeah those crazy eyes yeah oh 
yeah i've only i've only been able to meet uh like a few people and the first one i really i really like i made them laugh because it was weird it was uh got a there was like a picture op when they did the uh uh, Super Bowl in New York City, probably like five or six years ago, whatever it was. And Barry Sanders was doing pictures down there. Okay. And me and my dad, and my dad, obviously, like I was young when he was playing, um, but obviously I know who he is and I've like seen his highlights. But my dad was like, oh my God, it's Barry Sanders. And my dad was cool, like did the big smile, like walked in, like, like, like how you doing kind of thing. And then I screwed it up by walking in and I like put my arm around him, put his arm around me, and I go, Oh my god, this is fucking awesome! <laughs> you could tell, <laughs> you could just tell he just like started laughing because immediately his bunch, his butt cheeks clenched. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, good little picture. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, but that was like my first like real uh, meeting a like big time celebrity. Like everybody like in the sports world knows who he was, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that was my like moment where I was like, I walked down and I was like, I just, I just like, I just weirded out like Barry Sanders, but I was like, Oh, you know what? You live and you learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're just people, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I, I, I had a commercial out at one point and I was sitting and I was, I was teaching standup comedy at, at one point and I, I'm sitting in a Irish pub eating. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a special on, uh, uh, what was it? This is important because it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the old Irish, uh, cabbage and what is it called? The meat, so the like corned beef, corn beef, corn beef and, and cabbage. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corn, yeah. It was, it was the, the classic Irish meal. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm eating it. And these two girls come up and they're like, excuse me. Um, sorry to interrupt your dinner, but we saw you on TV. We saw you, we saw your comedy thing on TV. And we were just, we were just wondering if we could get an autograph like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, really? yeah. I was like, me? me? I was like, I'm, I'm going to teach stand up across the street. I'm not famous. <laughs> but uh, you're like sitting there in like a t-shirt and jeans. You're like, no, no, I was dressed up though. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was, I was, a, I was a professional teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny. When did you, when were you uh, teaching? Like how, how long ago was that? Oh man. Uh, God had to be 20 years ago. Um, I, I had comedy classes and I bring students in and help them write their act. And then I'd put on a show and put them on the show at a comedy club. And uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't normally do those shows at my rooms because um mm -hmm they're more excited to do it at a comedy club and the comedy club's happy to get the money. Right, so, right. um, yeah, so that, I used to do that a lot. That's, and that's, that's how I, that, yeah. that's how I got to guest host the view. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the women sat in the audience and me, John Stossel from 2020, Michael Bazden and Bob Berkowitz, we sat in the women's chairs, but what happened, the reason I got the gig was because, uh, I was in the seminar center magazine at the time which is there's two magazines, Learning Annex and Seminar Center. I don't know if it's the same now, but mm. uh, that's where anybody wanted to teach something, a skill mm. would put their stuff in there. I put my stuff in there and um, they saw that I was teaching stand up and they're like, hey, can you you want to come on the view? And I'm like, I'm on the toilet going, what's the view? <laughs> 
Like I had no idea. And she goes, uh, Barbara Walters show. I go, Oh, the view. <laughs> yeah. I still had no idea. Yeah. And, uh, until my, my manager said, Oh my God, that's insane. 7 million viewers a day. I was like, Oh wow. That's good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got, uh, they originally, they wanted me to just get someone on there and tell, get, teach three audience members to tell a joke. Mm-hmm. Then uh, a couple weeks later, I heard nothing. So I, I called the producer, Marianne Williamson was her name. Mm. And I said, uh, well, I just wondering when am I going to do this thing on the view? She goes, and she, she was stressed out. I could tell she was stressed out. She goes, I got, because it was, I was excited. I mean, this yeah, was yeah. big, this was yeah, big yeah. and I got it myself. Nobody else got it for me. And I still gave me a manager of the money, <laughs> but, uh, she goes, you know what? Just go on with your life. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I literally, you could hear it in my voice kind of crackle. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, really, yeah. I was like, eh, I, was really, <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, that's so that's so vicious. Like, just like, I, I know you and, should go on with your life. It's like, oh. but I, I think, <laughs> I think she felt bad Yeah. because two weeks later she called me. She goes, Hey, do you want to host the view? I'm like, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I hosted the view. It was, nice. it was pretty cool. That's yeah. when Debbie was on the show. And at the end we did a little bit like the women were trying to kick us out of their chairs. <laughs> and so they came up and Debbie grabbed me by the shirt and we did this fake slap. You know? <laughs> and it was good. I yeah, should, I should, if I, should... I had a better manager at the time, I would have gotten a lot of work out of that. There you go. Yeah, I know that's, that's a that's a really cool opportunity. I wonder if I can find that on uh like YouTube or something. Uh, it's on my um my reel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. If you so viewer, if you want to check that out, <laughs> I can send uh, I can send you a link. Perfect. Hold on. Yeah, because I can put it I can put it the description in the pod, the podcast description and on the post and stuff. That'll be good. <laughs> okay, you want. I can share screen on Zoom, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can. I got it. Yep. Oh okay. nope, you gotta oh. enable it. Oh boy. Security. <laughs> there we go. Now you, you should be it? able to do it. Yeah. All right, perfect. All right. This, you know who Judah Friedlander is? I don't. I don't. From, you ever I see Thirty so. Rock? Yeah, a few episodes. All right, here's just a little clip. Okay. Can you hear it? Uh, it's very low. Hold on. This guy is kind of a legend. There we go. Let me tell you a little bit about Danny McDermott. This guy is kind of a legend in the New York comedy world. I met Danny more than 10 years ago, and he was one of these guys who was a pioneer in the 90s comedy scene of starting your own rooms and he was a good comic too he would he he had an act he was always thinking of big ideas he always had something going on danny does have a lot of ideas i've actually used danny in some of my own projects i uh he's in my karate book that i made uh <laughs> roll in there where we do photos and stuff i'm beating him up in my karate book and, so he takes a beating from you. He takes a beating from me in my karate book. And then he also uh, did a gig for me, uh, a live gig, a personal appearance gig for me also. Uh, 
where he played a character. So, yeah, I, I use Danny a lot. And I'm doing an upcoming movie where I might have him uh, play a role as well. Danny's been in the business for years. I've known him more than a decade. He's a hard worker. He's He used to have his own rooms. Is Danny funny? Yes, I think he's very funny. And uh, uh, he's, he's like a naturally funny dude. And I think he's also can be unintentionally funny, which I think is the key to great comedy. Is is you, you have there has to be some like quirks about you that you may not even realize are funny or that are just naturally funny without trying to be funny. And Danny has that stuff. Cool, right? Yeah, that's that's really cool. I I did recognize I recognize both of them as soon as I saw them, uh, especially Judah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm gonna show you the. Uh... I'll show you the view here. Hold oh, on. Perfect. Yeah. You got to tell people to look at my living in Corona stuff too. Oh yeah. Is that all? That's all on your, uh, that's YouTube? all on my YouTube. Yeah. Perfect. All right. This one, it's an amalgamation of stuff, but let me, so let's see what we can do about that. Remodel. Motorcycle. Some questions. That's me on a, a Wells Fargo. <laughs> that's me on Stouffer's frozen food. This is me right here. Yeah. All right, let's start with uh, 300 lunch squats. My turn, nerd boy. Hey, don't be so rude. Uh, which is more there I am on the view. The money or being on TV? Perfect, yeah. Being on TV. <laughs> How, you doing? How you doing? I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not no longer my agents, but... Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let me stop sharing here. <laughs> oh, now it's still playing, so I got to turn it off. Hold on. There you go. So now yeah, you, awesome. I've done a lot of stuff. Yeah, and what's funny is that Wells Fargo commercial. I remember that one. <laughs> like I remember seeing that one. Yeah, that was. Oh God, that thing was all over. Yeah. <laughs> My friends were like calling me up. We get that commercial off the air. I'm sick of seeing your face. <laughs> Yeah. It was on Hulu. It was on YouTube. It was on, it was on during the Oscars. I mean, it was, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. That's pretty cool though. Like just to do like that, whatever, 30 second, 15 second ad, whatever it is. And just like, have it be all over. And you're just like, Oh yeah, I yep. guess I'm, <laughs> guess I'm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And you're raking the money too. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's good money for a national. Yeah. Yeah. That I, 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 walk out to my mailbox every couple of weeks and get checks for a thousand dollars, $1,500 mm. just all the time, all yeah. the time. I was like, it was amazing. Yeah. I have no idea where the money went. <laughs> Seriously. No. It, it went clue. into that green screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it went into a lot of bud light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw So you're, you, you've done voice, uh, voiceover work. Yeah. Um, like with the cartoon now, um, have you thought about like getting more into that or is, was that like, Oh, like Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, the problem, the problem is, okay. So when I was in New York, I got probably over 500 commercials, uh, that were voiceover Yeah, and I was killing it. And then when I moved to LA, 
I didn't, I didn't need a reel in New York. So I didn't make a reel of any of mm -hmm. my work. And so I go out to LA and I had, I had, I'm doing a cartoon series yeah. and they still didn't send me out for any, any auditions. So, yeah, you know, I mean, really what I got in LA was contacts, connections, meeting celebrities and meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I did a reading of uh, my movie that I'm getting produced this next year um, with uh, Judd Nelson from the breakfast club and mm -hmm. uh, Casper's Van Dien, who was the lead in starship troopers and Christopher oh, yeah, Titus, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Christopher Titus, who had his own show in Fox for a few years, 18 actors. Every one of them has done way more work on TV than me. <laughs> so that's kind of a good place to be in though. Cause you feel like if, if you want anybody not to have like, like if anybody you want the people around you to be able to be like, like when you say something, be like, oh yeah, yeah, we know what you're talking about. You know, like yeah. I feel like that's always the best thing. Cause even if you're learning on the spot, it's nice to like, be like, oh, if you just go do this and this and this, this is how I want it to be. You know, like that's, you that's the way it should be, you know? Yeah. I mean, my experience with producing has made me a very nitpicky about <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've seen my show, stuff goes wrong. <laughs> and all I got to do is, I, all I can do is just laugh about it. I mean, um, but it, does it run as smoothly as I want it to? No, but you got to make fun of when it goes wrong. Yeah, that's that's something that I've had to, because uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I like things to be like smooth, like clear cut. Like it's like when I have a gig, like any of the bandmates will tell you, like I'm like, a dictator when it comes to like setting up for a gig because i'm like no we need space for this we need to like put this here if you like put it this way like all that stuff um and they'll like make fun of me while i'm doing it <laughs> and so like it's always like that 10 minutes before like a gig where i'm just like like yep. all pent up and then as soon as we play the first song i'm like it's like a yep. totally different person because you just jump into it and then something goes wrong you're like oh well there's nothing i can do about it like right now so it's like yep Exactly. You and you need, you need to have, you need to have that person that's going to get that way because other, you're never going to succeed if you don't. Right. You know, no matter how good you are, if you don't have what, uh, anal retentive dude like me hanging out going, no, 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 the lighting, the sound, everything needs to be perfect. Because yeah. it does. It does. It needs to be perfect. Mm -hmm. You, if you, let me give you an example. If you set up a comedy club and there's light on the audience and there's everybody spread out, Mm -hmm. And the, the air conditioner is on in the background and the, the microphone is is all bass and no treble. Mm -hmm. You're going to get ha you're going to get no reaction. Right. OK, but you put those people close together. You make sure the light is all on the stage. You make sure that the temperature of the room is a little bit cool and uh, the lighting has to be good and the treble has to be high. It's got to sound like a crisp mm -hmm. concert, even yeah. though it's just one voice. The the the. It, it, it's some subconscious thing right. where if you don't have the crisp high end all, all the way up, most without doing feedback, right, right. You're, you're not going to get as good a reaction. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's very important that like people can feel like the person is like, right, like right around them. Like that it's, it doesn't feel like they're on a stage talking down to you. Like, it's like, you want to feel like you're, like that it's not like you said it's not crazy echoey feedback like you don't want that bass because it just becomes like a auditory like 
Well, but bass is fine as long as as long as uh, I mean, I love bass and music. <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, everybody does, you know, <laughs> I, people put giant speakers in their trunk to make sure that they oh, have yeah. enough of it, you know. Yeah. Um, but for stand up, it's a little different, but right, bass right. is fine as long as you can hear the vocals. That's mm-hmm. one of my things that, that, that annoys me when I'm watching a band and I can't understand <laughs> the words that yeah, they're yeah. singing. And everybody else is like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, no, it'd be great if we could hear the words. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what music used to be about. Music used to be about the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was about the instruments, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, they don't do guitar solos anymore or anything like that. It's crazy to me. Yeah. It's very like melodic interludes is what I call them because they're not really solos. They're just like mid like 15 second parts that just connect like a verse yeah. to a chorus or a verse to a bridge or something like it or the end of a chorus to a verse like it just it's not really like there's no like there's not a lot of that creative musicianship that you get uh, when you look at like the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s but like the 2000s for some reason it just was like a switch from like people don't want to hear musicians get creative like in the songs anymore i don't know if, i don't think that's it i think it's just the way they're they're marketing it's all in marketing man Mm-hmm. Um, if it, the, the people making music, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go through any conspiracy theories, but <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there, been, we all know there's been a lot of, uh, underhanded, uh, stuff going on, mm-hmm. uh, with, with a lot of the people threatening producers and all that kind of stuff. So we know yeah. that, right. um, I, th- I think that, um, a, there is room for a, a truly great band to come through if they have originals and have good lyrics and do the showmanship mm-hmm. um the, you know any band can get up there and sing any band can any band can do covers and sound sound all right mm-hmm. but it's the little extra stuff the lighting changes the sound i saw this band they had pyrotechnics at frog alley they were fantastic oh, yeah. i forget, I forget yeah. no they they did like van, I think they're it's a like, Van Halen tribute band. Um, yeah. Uh, what are they called? Or no, no. His name was Tommy something. Tommy V. Tommy, Tommy V. v. Yeah. Tommy V. They, yeah, they had really lighting did. guys. They had sound guys. It, it really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, it, and when you're recording an album, it really makes a difference, the little things. So mm-hmm. if you remember, um, it, 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 you should watch the uh, Eagles documentary. Mm. I, I didn't realize Glenn Fry really was the driving force behind that band. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until after he died that like a lot of people were like, "Oh, he was like the, he was like the guy." And I was, yeah. I was very surprised because I didn't expect it, because um, it felt like it. No, he didn't get that like notoriety bef- like before he died, at least from like a mainstream, in a mainstream way. But well, that's but yeah. that's why I think there's room now for for a band that takes things seriously, mm-hmm. as far as the the art and the. Find some kind of guitar riff that nobody's ever done before that sounds right. cool. Put mm-hmm. it in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Hotel California is all because of the guitar. Right. All, the, yeah. all because of the riff. All because of the it's it's a it's a it's a legendary song that'll you know I get sick of it occasionally, but <laughs> so when you're out in a bar and that song comes on and everybody starts singing it, man, that's that's, that's great. it's yeah. We we played it. Um, the last time we played it was actually at Frog Alley. Uh, it was our last gig before everything shut down in March. Um, it was actually like a few days. We did a show that Friday, and then on Monday, like everything was shut down. 
um, and we played that, and we had a dance off like going on during like the guitar solo at the end. Oh, really? And, yeah, but it was actually my cousin. He initiated it with somebody. Oh, that's and, funny. Uh, yeah, so we have like pictures and stuff of that. Um, but I was like looking over at my lead guitarist Alex, and I was like, "Guys, he's doing the solo." And everybody's like crowded around the dance thing. And I was like, they're not listening to the crazy solo. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like yep. nailing it beat for beat. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was like really funny to me because I said to him after the song, I was like, everybody was dancing because of how much they enjoyed the solo. And he's like, they weren't paying attention to the solo. <laughs> right, right. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that he knew that I was like, dude, you killed it kind of thing. But uh, well, that here's the here's the thing. If, if, if I was going to produce uh, show for bands. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't, I would make it, I would want to do it in a special way. Mm -hmm. I, I would want to make it elegant. I would want to make seating. Yeah. N you know, not when I say elegant, I want to, I want people to sit and hear the music, hear the words and watch the musicians play. Mm -hmm. And if you seat them in a nice black box theater kind of thing, mm -hmm. you have drinks. Everybody can have drinks. That's no problem. Mm -hmm. But you just have people watching and listening and, and getting the music, you know, especially yeah. with originals. For sure, yeah. You know why? You know why it's hard for people to get their originals out there because they don't set it up for people to listen. Mm -hmm. You you got to set up a show where people will listen and you've got yeah. to be on point on point with everything with, mm -hmm. because then they're going to really be listening. Yeah. You know, it's not a bunch of drunk people uh, just dancing around. Right. Okay. You want to get noticed. That's how you do it. You, you do, you do that kind of atmosphere mm -hmm. and um, you invite any industry people you might know once, once it gets going. But I, I, I really think uh, if somebody set up a, a music event like that, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it could really be something. Yeah. And it's, it, it creates more of like an intimate, like kind of like relationship between the audience and the musicians Yep, where it doesn't feel like they're disconnected from each other by a state, like a, like a whatever. Um, Cause when you have like that stage and you're just playing covers and it's like the woo, we're dancing and getting drunk. It's there's, there's definitely like that disconnect between you and the audience because um, like even if you're doing your best to like do calls with them and like you say hey I say ho like whatever mm -hmm. um, there, there is a disconnect because you're not out there having a good time with them but if you set up a like you said like a um, like an opportunity for them to like sit and like you like you know as a musician that they're listening and they're there to listen to you and the things that you're creating it's it's a different mindset for you as a musician because now you feel like they're involved with it too um, yep. from that mindset and you feel like the stuff that you're doing is being appreciated on like a technical level um whereas like when well, you're doing cover band stuff it's like as long as you kind of sound like it it's usually fine you know <laughs> well that's what i'm saying you're also going to know how good you are right because when you do shows like that you hear everything right exactly yeah so you know it makes a difference i i would do the I would do the setup as simply as possible just because I want them to hear the, you know, I wouldn't do the big pyrotechnics, obviously, or anything like 
anything like that with this would be more of an intimate thing you know yeah. i i just i just think we we're we need to reconnect with music and i i don't think people are connecting with music like they used to yeah i don't think so either and yeah. think about this when you do when you do a show like that and everybody hears you and they become true fans yeah what's going to happen when you play out right they're going to follow you out there and <laughs> and bring their friends it, and it's gonna it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be epic it's mm -hmm. be, because people are gonna want to hear you right as opposed to just some band mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying yeah so no for sure and that's that's been one of the things that has been like tough even as like a cover band and even if you sound pretty good and like um but we don't have like the lighting because it's expensive we're make doing with like uh like the these, mixer these that we lights, have and stuff these lights right here and this green screen, all this right here. Yeah. hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. Oh, cause I like the stuff that I've like tried to find it's uh, like in music shops and even on Amazon, it's like for, I got these the lights. I got these lights for uh, 69 bucks, I think. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I can find out for you if you want after the show. Yeah, that would be cool. Cause like that's, that's where we're at. Cause we've got, like a good set that people like we um we've got all the equipment in terms of like our own individual equipment and like sound stuff but when it comes to like the show quote unquote um lights that's are important lights it. are yeah. important and it, you yeah. know i mean i can only point you in in a direction you should really do a little research on how to light it correctly because mm -hmm. you want to you want to light the drummer you want to yep. light you want to light each person right you know mm -hmm. um but there's definitely cheap ways to light I mean, my yeah. my first room that I started doing comedy in, I bought the lumber and I built the stage. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. I bought the lumber. I built the stage. It was a small little stage in the corner. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, there was a night when uh, I was I was headlining in Times Square across from Caroline's Comedy Club at a, at a restaurant called Da Marino. Mm. And it was uh, there were. God, I'm sure there were there were there were mobs mobsters there all the time hanging out. <laughs> but I was doing my comedy there, and one night uh, we needed a stage, so I got twelve of those giant tomato cans, or mm -hmm. was it nine, maybe nine or twelve? I don't know. And I and I put them out on the floor, and I covered them with a rug, and that was our stage. Wow. Yeah. The next week they had uh, sold a lot of spaghetti, so they, <laughs> they ate our stage. But it was. Uh, <laughs> I find innovative ways to do it, you know, yeah. and that's what you got to do. Look, mm -hmm. when you, when you want to be seen, when you want to be noticed, then you have to set up the environment so that you're, you're seen and you're noticed. Yeah. Um, I, most play places that bands play. I mean, there's some that are really professional. Mm -hmm. Those are the good ones. Those are the ones you need. The ones who actually work with you with the sound, do a sound check before the show. Make sure the lighting is perfect. Make sure everything's set up right. If it, but but most places aren't going to do it to that extent. So what you need right. to do if you want to get seen is you need to set it up a place of your own at a bar that you can do it at mm -hmm. and set up the lights and set up the sound during the day and test mm -hmm. it and have it ready for that night when you when you go up and make yeah. it make it freaking perfect. Make it amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's that's yeah and it's it's the tough part of like um finding those places um well you got your brother's or your cousin's place right yeah you can do it there yeah 
yeah i'm sure i'm sure he would uh i'm sure he would like uh like that that really nice setup because he's he's a big um he's a big music guy too like he plays music and all that stuff he actually built the stage that we played on too so he could have musicians and stuff so yeah just tell him say look i want to i want to have an intimate concert Mm -hmm. do you have originals uh, no, that's actually what my band is doing now. Now that we're like the gigs are slowing down because places aren't doing inside gigs and they can't do outside gigs because it's getting colder and colder. So um, that's what we're actually during practices right now working on. Um, is so we original stuff. Yeah. So you set it up like that and then um, do your covers, but do them with soul. Yeah. You know, do them with soul and 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 put, you know, put your passion into it, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think the best singers are the ones who, who feel it and almost act out the song in their body. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you got to live the song. If you want to be great, you have to live that song. You, mm-hmm. you have to feel that song. It's not, you know, they show all these shows where the singers are singing sad songs and smiling. And it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. No. No, (laughs) you know, um, you want to be truly great. You have to live it. You have to live that song. Yeah. And and you have to be you have to be able to be a natural actor Mm -hmm. or or just learn to forget about everybody else and feel the song. Mm -hmm. Forget about the audience. That's the difference between music and uh, and comedy. You you can do both with with music. Yeah. Sometimes you can forget the audience. And get sewn to the song, and then the, the audience is like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. And those yeah. are the those are the best parts of the concerts that you go to, um, like when you can tell that the singer on stage is literally just it's all about that song, um, and that's like one reason why I I, I like a guy like Dave Matthews, because every time you watch him, that song is the most important thing at that moment. And that's one reason why I got so into him is because I'm watching him like, he's not the best singer. He's got really cool guitar riffs that I like on the acoustic guitar and stuff. Um, But the thing that makes me like really enjoy him is like when he has an emotional song, you can tell like, you can tell in his neck, you can tell in his face, like that he's belting that out. And it's like, it's all about that song. And uh, that's what draws, I think a lot of people to him in that case. And so that's been a lot of like, uh, of like what I've tried to do, but it's also, it, it is tough to, um, when you're starting out to forget about the audience. Cause that's like, that is the people in front of you, but that that's kind of like the trick, like you said, is to find, find that, uh, find that moment where you truly connect with the song and, uh, like you can show the audience the connection, you know? Yeah. Hey, you know, it's funny. I, I, I miss karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. No, I really do. I, yeah. I was, I was like that. I'd sing this song with soul, put my all heart into it. And dude, sometimes it was epic. The reactions mm-hmm. from the audience. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, I used to work at dimples. You, you ever hear of dimples? No, it was the oldest karaoke bar in the country. Huh? Uh, uh, I think Marilyn Monroe and Sinatra sang there. And wow. Uh, uh, a lot of the modern I was hanging in there one night and the uh, cast of the Big Bang Theory was there. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, the Bernadette, you know, Bernadette, the blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
she came walking by and I go, hey, I love your work. Mm -hmm. And she looks at me. She goes, I know you, Danny. <laughs> and I'm like, you know me? She's like, Danny, we used to do comedy together in New York. And I'm like, oh, yes. I am so sorry. I forgot. Oh, my God. It was it was it was hysterical. But I used to sing there all the time. Yeah. And um, I, I have I'm going to show you something here because I have a clip. I'm just going to show you a tiny piece of it. Sure. Yeah. On, where, where is it? <laughs> uh, hold on. Mm -hmm. How do I find the right one? I don't see my. Uh, let me try it again. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Okay, perfect. All right, I'm just going to show you just a piece of this. Yeah. Uh, geez, I got a few of them in here. I didn't know I had. <laughs> All right, so this is at Dimples. They okay. always they always take video for you. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> All right, hold on. I can't really hear it. Oh, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> Can you hear it now? Yeah, it's still pretty quiet, but. Can you hear it? Yeah. That way, I want to go to the end. Look what oh, happens. Yeah. Look at what happened. <laughs> this girl got up, this hot girl, yeah. and just went nuts on me. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> See? Now you know yeah. why I miss karaoke. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, the singing, the singing, whatever. But that ending, that's what I really miss. <laughs> right? That's awesome. <laughs> I had all the inflections and stuff and the yeah, hot girl yeah, yeah. around me, and it was like, dude. He really felt like George Thorogood there. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm telling you. I never met the woman in my life. Yeah. That kind of stuff would happen all the time. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get you a guy on your show that you're going to love. Uh he's a yeah. he, he's a he's an older comedian. Mm -hmm. and he talks a lot, but he knows everybody. 
that's perfect yeah <laughs> christopher titus told me about uh his name is perry kurtz and christopher titus told me about a story about a road trip that he took with perry kurtz as the opener he uh titus was the middler and and ellen was the headliner wow and uh <laughs> ellen degeneres yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh he t so perry's no perry's been on the tonight show he's been on everything mm -hmm. uh, he's fun i'll get him on your show but That'd he'll tell awesome. you he'll you. he'll talk your ears off man Perfect. he will talk yeah. your ears off but yeah so that's 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 what i miss i miss karaoke man i miss mm -hmm. it that's yeah. how i that's how i met anthony michael hall oh yeah okay i meet a lot of people through karaoke believe it or not yeah and the like where you just got is uh dimples in uh new york city no it was the oldest karaoke bar in the in the country it was in la okay. and whole foods bought the land and kicked them off yep so fucking whole foods right Ugh. but I'll yeah tell, it's tell you're eating healthy and then they'll kick you off your land they'll be like people well, need the, to eat organic more <laughs> well, than the owner the, the owner is still kicking he's still around he's like in his late 80s i think mm. and uh yeah i he calls me once in a while he wants me to uh hang out in la but I've, i'm stuck in new york for now so mm -hmm. but yeah yeah it's a good thing yeah yeah that's <laughs> i i only did i've only done karaoke like at parties um but i have so much fun doing it um like obviously like i play gigs and stuff but for some reason uh karaoke has been like it's always like a little scary for me because i'm like i don't have the guitar in front of me right <laughs> like, right, right, right i don't right, have right. anything in front of me and then it's like usually yeah. uh well, i can well, supplement are you the are you the lead singer of your band um right now it's pretty i i think i have the majority of the songs um but we have like my other guitar player has like five or six songs he sings and then my bass player he's actually like i his voice is so like on point uh but um he actually just joined the band in the spring so we were making sure he knew all the songs before we were like here's some songs yeah okay cool cool, cool. um but, but what you should do that's what, if, if karaoke scares you that's what you should be doing till you get to that true. point where you forget yeah. and you're just in the song that's what i do i know i always have to be like pushed up there usually when i get up there it's it's fine because like the performer in me like comes out yeah yeah, yeah. uh signing up is like the part that i'm like god no nah, i'm all right i'm just here to like have fun but as soon as you <laughs> get me up there i'm like oh you know <laughs> I'll, I'll go for it yeah. i hope you don't do that <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like ooh, he's in a band oh you know who <laughs> else i met doing karaoke uh jacob dylan okay bob dylan's son yeah okay lead that's singer good. of the lead singer of the wallflowers yeah that that's really interesting how did you <laughs> that's so random <laughs> well he used to hang out at this bar that had karaoke okay and i i once in a while i talked to him but he, he you know he's just you know he didn't know me really mm -hmm. but when he heard me sing that's when like his wife really liked my my singing mm -hmm. and i sang still loving you by the scorpions okay and i really went for it right yeah and afterwards jacob's like hey yo danny come here come here come here come here <laughs> he goes that was spectacular 
tell me the truth. You're in a band. And I go, <laughs> I've jumped up with a few. And he goes, I knew it. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what an amazing moment. Yeah, that's so cool. God. That's, that's I mean, such, yeah, that. Uh, his that dad's is, a legend. Yeah. Like he he's pretty famous. He's a pretty yeah. big, successful artist oh, yeah. himself. Yeah. It was just awesome. It was just yeah. awesome. Those moments are like, are really cool. Cause you're like, Oh, like, like you said, like they're just humans, like saying good job, you know, like really appreciated. They're like, enjoyed that. And it's like, yeah, it's like that moment of like, Oh, they are just humans enjoying life like us. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I've often thought of, of, of being in a band. I've always, I've jumped up with many bands and mm -hmm. um, I've always wanted to start my own band, but I just, I just, I don't know. I haven't, uh, haven't done it for some reason. Sticking with the comedy and <laughs> acting. That's what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never too late. That's the beautiful I, you thing know, about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm trying to learn the guitar, but I'm just so lazy. <laughs> uh, I'm so, I, 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 I don't know how I, I mean, I, yeah. I did a play where I had to play a song and I learned in a month to play the song. So it's not that I can't do it. Right. It's, I can't get my brain to do it. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a very strange thing to try to describe to somebody like how to get from being like, I don't know how to play guitar to being able to like, not even think about it right and it's and it and it, it, it it's different for everybody why that happens like i had a period where i was um in high school my senior year i was playing football and i got a concussion i was out of school for a month and a half and all i could do that during that time was play guitar and because that was the only thing that didn't hurt my brain um and that's when i went from like being the oh yeah i can play chords i can pick up songs okay to being able to just like hear things and like be able to pick things out and then do like the like turn off the brain and I can play a song kind of thing um and like sing along and all that stuff and that's that's what it needed is every day I was just playing. so you're saying you're saying I need a major brain injury <laughs> yeah. to learn just, how to play guitar just go run into a wall or something you'll get it <laughs> okay yeah sit down for for a few weeks you'll fall down it. a flight of stairs <laughs> At first into anything and that'll do it. Yeah. Have your friend hit you with a hammer, something, <laughs> anything. <laughs> nope. They get you in the legs. That's even better. Cause then you can't walk anywhere. Just you know? make sure they don't hit the frontal lobe. You won't be able to pee. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that, like I said, it, that was like the reason that I got to like the point where that was um, uh, like for me, but other people, it's been a thing since they were a kid and it was more elongated where they didn't really care about it too much, but they still had it. And then all of a sudden it became important. And then it was like, Whoa, I know how to do this. Now I just have to build upon it. So it's, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to, I, I started doing uh, scales a little bit. Yep. I get so damn bored with them. Oh yeah. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, that's fast enough. You know, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't get motivated. That wasn't fast enough. That's what right, you got to right. do. You got to be like, that wasn't fast enough. Yeah. And I just don't have that drive for it. I got to Yeah. I always tell people don't, unless you're going to be like 
unless you're trying to solo over songs as soon as you start, which is not going to happen, um, just learn chords and understand the chords. So like a lot of people don't need to understand music theory right from the get-go. And I think that's a big like wall that people- Wait, when, when did the guy called Lizard come, come into this? <laughs> you, you, you just said Geico. You pretty much said. <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. I think um, you said, "Where did the guy go?" or something. Or something. It sounded. It was sounded just oh, like I, I forget what it was. You got to rewind it in here. Yeah, yeah, After yeah. after the show. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You see, when I see something yeah. <laughs> silly like that, I, I, I right. I'm like, I, I gotta say something. Yeah. Now I'm wondering what I what I said that was sounding like. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I tell people you just gotta look at the chords and understand why they are so if you look at a c chord you can understand like the theory behind okay the bass note is a c like then you understand the third the fifth like you get to that point where you understand those notes um, oh okay so that actually i think helps people better understand the scales when they go into it because they already understand why the chords are set up the way they are so but that also allows you to learn songs you want to learn while also learning small bits of music theory along the way that ultimately will come together when you want to advance that. So now I got to get a brain injury. I've got to <laughs> study music theory. <laughs> I've got a list, you know, uh, another one is heartbreak. Uh, oh, I've had plenty of that. <laughs> I've had plenty of that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what makes a musician, you know, something you, you have no idea. All this. I've, I've lived in a van. Yeah. I've been, I've been stabbed by a supermodel in the back what? with a steak knife. Oh my I've God. I've been jumped by 10 guys on the street, maybe 10 to 20 guys on the street. Uh, uh, I broke my collarbone on a scooter. Uh, <laughs> actually, I broke my leg when I was two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty much jump I'm, off the bed or something. <laughs> no, my brothers were running around with a shopping cart and I was oh in the God. thing and they, they tipped over the shopping cart. And broke my leg. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was this close to the growth line. That's what the doctor said. So, you know, luckily I'm not baby legs McDermott right now. <laughs> baby leg McDermott, you know, <laughs> I just have one baby leg and I'm wa walking around. They have a really weird walk because the babies, I have to go all the way down for the baby leg yeah. and all the way up for the other leg. Yeah. It'd be really, <laughs> uh, it'd be the worst to try to put on socks. You can you'd have to like oh the baby sock would be easy though the baby sock would be easy but then you'd be like you'd have to get two different socks and then you're losing the pair like in the wash and now you're like now right? you've got two baby socks and you're like I've got no adult socks it's like they really should be able to you really should be able to order your sneakers different sizes yes you should sure. you really yeah. should what about all those poor people with baby legs <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure well even like my dad has uh like two different size feet. So he just has to get the bigger size and deal with one, like one foot having a, like a bigger shoe size. I'm like, that must be just like annoying enough. Right. Over time. Like, cause that's not something that immediately becomes annoying. Like that's something that like you're running or something. Right. And you notice it. And then you're like, fuck, like, this is just ridiculous. Any day now your dad's going to snap <laughs> any day. He's like, it's been. 45 50 <laughs> years of this shit 
Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna People are like, why did you do it? The shoes. It was the shoes. The shoes made me do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, before I let you go, um, I'm going to ask you how, what, what recommendations could you give to people right now if they're looking for something to watch? Also, you, they can watch your live shows, um, but it could be any comedian that you think is really funny right now, like has a special that you want to want should think they should check out or like a movie uh, or whatever. I got to say, whenever I watch other p- comedians' comedy specials, I feel like Rudolph watching the reindeer games. <laughs> but uh, if yeah. I had to pick, I would say Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr, he's a friend, and his, his material is phenomenal. He's oh, hilarious, yeah. Uh, I would look at Erica Rhodes, too. Mm. She's, uh, she's a phenomenal comedian as well. And she's, uh, I think she's about to happen. I think things are about to happen for her. That's awesome. Erica yeah. Rhodes. Erica Rhodes. I would recommend them. Um, trying to think of who else uh brian mcfadden I've, I'm, I've always been a fan of him he's in new york city uh he's he's a buddy of mine um always been a fan of his yeah um man those i mean those are my top ones kind yeah. of yeah, i'm no, trying to no, think of uh, yeah. <laughs> trying to think of different women I, that i like too ellen was my favorite uh, yeah. as, a, as a stand-up i mean oh she's hilarious yeah i mean if you haven't seen her Ellen DeGeneres stand up. You got to go back and find it. Find yeah. some of the older stuff. And uh, yeah, she she was so good, so good. Uh, mm-hmm. Whitney Cummings is good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Those are the yeah. those are the comedians I would I would recommend Perfect. looking at. Yeah. Obvi- obviously, if you want to go old school, definitely George Carlin, yeah. Richard, <laughs> Richard Pryor. Yeah. Um. Call a Poundstone. Yeah, I That's still all. watch uh, George Carlin's uh, football versus baseball. Yeah, uh, and I I remember in high school when my dad like showed me George Carlin, and then uh, I was playing football and a bunch of my friends were playing baseball, so I sent them that little clip, and they were all like "fuck you," like baseball's got this and this, and they were doing all that thing, and I was like, I, it, this is just the facts, guys. George Carlin, right. yeah, saying it. it's the facts. No, he's great. He's great. Yeah. And it, you know what? I'm going to show you a little. Uh, th- this is a good way to do a show. Have people show their little clips. Oh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to show you something here. Um, I mean, you can find all my stuff on. Uh, on my channel. And that uh, is. Let me see. Oh, That's Danny McDermott. Yep. It's just. Yeah, Danny so, McDermott. Just look up Danny McDermott, comedian, and you'll see the uh, – oh, did I share it yet? No, not yet. All right, here we go. All right, this is my page right here. Mm-hmm. Um, these are my shows right here, the Danny McDermott show. These are talk shows. Mm-hmm. Um, these are my uh, – they're called Living in Corona. Yeah, I'll just show you a tiny bit of this one. Perfect. It's about these guys who, this man who is in quarantine. He's in, he's in quarantine so long he starts to de- develop split personalities.
laid off on Friday. We need to get up and find some work. No. Mm, go away. You know what? I'm with Jeff. Let's just lay here and collect unemployment. We got to drink raw eggs and do a 5K. Mm. You know, I can't decide. More sleep might give us more energy to clean. Why don't we just get up, have some breakfast, and talk about it? We're not doing anything until we do the laundry. Those sheets are filthy. We need to start looking for a job. You know what kind of job would get me out of bed? <laughs> Ooh, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> get your ass out of bed before I punch you in the nutsack. Shut up! <sighs> You're touching my face. I know I'm touching my face. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little clip there for you. <laughs> that's great. I like that idea of like starts developing like the personalities to live with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, a, it's great. Yeah. Well, because, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, these are all the personalities in my head. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's that miserable, depressed asshole. There's the, uh, you know, the anal retentive got to do everything right guy there's right. A guy, let's work out let's you know yeah. <laughs> uh and there's the the happy guy who's happy and like in the you know right. no matter what you know <laughs> and um i was just like i'm just gonna why not just play those characters and and, right. <laughs> and by the third one uh or i say the third one because the it really only started at episode four mm -hmm. four five and six were the ones with the split personalities gotcha um um Shoot, I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I forget now. <laughs> but it, uh, he basically, he just gets, he, he decides he needs therapy. Yeah, yeah, And But he he's quarantined, so he can't hire an actual therapist. <laughs> right. So he tries to create a, another personality to be the therapist. <laughs> but, yeah. but he does it, what he does goes drastically wrong. Right. And <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, you got. I guess you got to see. You got to watch them to see. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll be checking those out because I've I've watched I've watched a handful of them, um, like just like your videos that you have on there. But I'll have to go and I'll have to go and watch those and check. There you them go. Out. <laughs> so it's uh, Daniel P. McDermott on Facebook or Danny McDermott is my public page. Uh, I'm usually right at the limit uh, with my regular page of five thousand. So uh, I can't if I. Don't expect me to just accept a friendship thing because I might be full. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Danny McDermott, LA on Instagram. And um, you just Danny McDermott on YouTube and just search yeah. for comedian. You'll find me. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, definitely go check out his live streams. They have great guests. And obviously you and Kevin are uh, really funny on there. Kevin Every Wednesday night. Cause he's, yeah, because he always has his weird thing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Every Wednesday night. That's perfect. It's uh, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And if you're in the middle, you got to figure it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's uh, it's great to have you and uh, we'll have to I'll have to get you back on um, towards the start of the new year. because that'd be a lot of fun. Well, I'm psyched to be your first video guest. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> there you go. You did. You did your first video show. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be nitpicking my face as I'm editing, like as I'm throwing it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, <laughs> be like making such stupid faces all the time. 
<laughs> yeah, make me look handsome. Yeah, somehow. there you go. Figure it out somehow. There is a there is a handsome filter. I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't don't do that. I don't want I don't want a filter on my face the whole show. <laughs> it's because you're gonna be like this chiseled like chin. Right, right. <laughs> it just makes you super tan. It gives you like these long, luscious Fabio like. <laughs> right. People will look me up and go, "What? That's not him." <laughs> I'm like, "Huh? Must have been the angle." <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah, you for having thank me you so on. Much. Yeah. Watch his show. It's good. <laughs>